I need to close the window, I think. Uh, it's a battle between the fumes of uh, this office, so my health and my survival, <laughs> and the sound of the airplane noises outside. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, man. So, uh, yeah, you don't see, but there's no ceiling above me. So if, <laughs> if stuff starts dropping on my head whilst we're recording. Uh, it's, oh, how are you? Yeah, good, good. I was hoping you would, uh, you would explain your recording circumstances. <laughs> yeah. I just want to tell you both good luck. Ah. We're all counting on you. Uh, yeah, so I happen to have a room which has quite some piping. Uh, the studio has some piping above. There's starting to be a leak, and uh, we had to start repairing, and it's been a month and a half, and it's not done yet, and the ceiling... I mean, so now, no, it's not true. Yesterday, the piping has been finally resolved, but they had to rip off the entire ceiling. So you know how it is, like, it's super dusty, so I had to remove everything from the studio. There was no studio, I had no office. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like, uh, plan A, oh, it doesn't work. Plan B, plan C, plan E, they were... Like, they kept, like, having to change what they wanted to do, because the more they were opening the ceiling, the more they were discovering that stuff they hoping to do they couldn't do. I think it's fixed. The joys of home ownership. Yeah, so now I should have next week a decorator and a team coming in to actually refit the entire ceiling and uh, stop living. I mean, you cannot, you know, I've just put back the the studio for this recording. So just the bare bones <laughs> of it uh, last night. It's what, 9 a.m. And I can literally, I can see dust over all the equipment, like, you know, oh. these kind of uh, dusty things. Mm -hmm. because, again, there's no protection. And by the way, I I'm sure it's very echoey. No, it no, okay? it sounds great. Because, of course, there's no, like, you know, everything is bare bones. So, anyway, it is what it is. So, that's why we didn't record, Alex. Yeah, really yeah sorry. we had a little bit of a break. Yeah, but I, I, we saw each other. We did. I, I was saying to, to Megan, it was our every five years we see each other. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was that was that was amazing, man. It was um, she, she's amazing. She's really cool. That's kind. That's no, kind, no, yeah. it's not kind. She, 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 that was a fantastic evening we had. So that that made up, guys. I'm sorry. We're sorry. That made up for our podcast, but simply that you were not able we're not, to. We, yeah, we didn't record it <laughs> <laughs> because we talked about travel. Obviously, we did. Yeah, uh, we did. You all good in the past? What eight weeks? Uh, I don't know. Uh, two six weeks? Haven't we recorded? Has it been know, six weeks? Maybe, maybe more. Actually, wow. So I, I haven't traveled. I'll get to that in a bit. But I haven't traveled. You have, have. And quite a bit, actually. So since there's a backlog of, of Alex travels, uh, we're just going to record today and uh, see how many of them we can cover. And when we reach the usual two-hour mark, we'll be stopping and recording another one in a couple of weeks, maybe, or something, to continue the journey of Alex uh, you know, jetting off uh, around the world. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, before we do... Oh, yeah, the music before we do. Gan, that's for you. Here. So, you, you know the other thing I, I, that changed since last time we, we met? It's finally... Daylight savings, mm. summertime, and for Ugh. me, that changes everything. It does. Yeah, same. Same. What a difference. What a difference it makes. I mean, yeah, right? I, 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 I always wanted that we all keep just that time. Daylight saving, whatever the, the term is. Please keep that forever, even during yeah. the winter. I don't 
really care if it's sunny in the morning. I really love that it's sunny in the evening. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lousy, dark, wet winter now. Spring. I mean, it's almost May, and the it's weather is it's lousy. Not, it's just yeah. awful. So that is a uh, a welcome break in this mundanity. I was actually telling a friend that, um, oh yeah, and I should say, we're recording today the 27th of April, 2023. I was saying, telling a friend of mine uh, a few days ago, um, he was reminiscing, maybe reminiscing is not the right word, how, you know, three years ago, basically we were all in lockdown and, you know, in our gardens. And if you were living on a street in London, the UK, at least, there were a lot of attempts to, you know, kind of see each other with social distancing. So you would yeah. say hello, waving to each other. like, a, And I said, yeah, you know what? It feels like science fiction, the social distancing and the weather. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't have that kind of weather no, right the now. the weather was, I think what got most of us through, at least in this country, we had that glorious spring. felt like summer. It was yeah, the exactly. only thing. It was the only thing... <laughs> In that period that was even remotely joyful. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why that, that was science fiction. Uh, talking about uh, the daylight <laughs> daylight saving, um, the one country that we both know that uh, was having quite a, this is related to aviation, that was quite having a bizarre time. I mean, it's having a very tough time otherwise uh, since then and even worse in the past few days is Lebanon. Mm. So Lebanon, so yeah, first of all, the, the weird thing about this, this summertime, let's call it summertime, is that the US and Europe, which for us as both markets we deal with, are not synced. So it's, there's a, this weird period where, you know, month. you have to kind I've of... I've screwed up so many conference calls. Oh, is it five hours, six hours? Yeah, <laughs> it's, and then, then you have, not only that, you have some states that don't do daylight savings time. So they don't change, and the rest of the country, it's just so stupid, the whole thing's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, so Lebanon, Lebanon, mm. uh, like a day or two before, uh, so they move, I think, in, in sync with Europe. Uh, a day or two before, and we know there's almost like no government, there is one, but I mean... Let's not get there. It's it's a it's a big mess, and I'm sorry for all our friends still living there because a lot of them have left um, to to Dubai, especially. Uh, the, the the government decided to not go for the uh, to delay basically the introduction of that summertime uh, because it was Ramadan, and they say you know it would be easier for people actually uh, uh, fasting to have uh, because you know the, the fasting is linked with the sun. So if the, the sun comes down earlier in a way. The, the only thing is, I, I, I don't have any judgment about that. It's the fact that they, they decided that like a day before yeah. the, the, the actual introduction of the time, which meant, so for instance, Apple products were in sync, I think, I don't know which one, which one was it, but Apple products were in sync with the decision government and Google products were not, or the opposite, which meant like depending if you had like maybe a Samsung or an iPhone, you were not on the same time, you know how they automatically do that. But the crazy thing is that the airport didn't know what to do. So the airport started actually displaying, the Beirut airport started displaying two times. So Alex, you would leave to, let's say, to London from Beirut at 4 p.m. and 5 p.m., and uh, so the the actual signs on you know the, the 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 boards were displaying two times just in case nobody knew. And then you were like, "But the four p.m. that I'm being quoted is that the four that is five? Is that the four that is three? Yeah. So people were going like five hours before to the airport. <laughs> it. I love that country, but it is such that is the most perfect arrested development type 
shenanigans that the country has become famous for. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, the, the sad bit is that it was, we always had a laugh about it. And in, in the past four or five years, it's become, I mean, the inflation is like at 500%. I mean, it's really not uh, not fun at all. Saying that, I was not planning to talk about it. I read that the other day. Saying that they have no money anymore, the coffers are empty. I mean, mm -hmm. the, 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 the currency has been completely devaluated. I mean, it's a really bad story. And mm -hmm. if you remember downtown and other parts of uh, of Beirut that we visited together, like uh, lots of shops have closed. They're like it's ghost town and everything because it's impossible. They, they don't even quote prices in supermarkets because by the, the evening, you know, the price might have changed yeah. from the morning. It's stuff like that. Anyway. They're still building a new part of the terminal. They just announced it. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, which is good for we, because we talk about airports and we love airports. So, where the old car goes on the east side, not the side that is closer to the city, the other side, they're building an extra set of gates, a new concourse, um, which is cool. And it looks nice and it's going to be done, I think. I think it's going to be run even by Irish, like this one of mm. these Irish companies that, you know, helps run these airports around the world, whatever. So it, so it's, it seems like a good project. I just don't know where the money is. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, good for them. I mean, good for them. Um, a few before before we go to your trips, and I think we'll start with one that uh, I think we've been a bit uh, hinting at, which was New York. Um, before we go, a few feedbacks from our previous episode, 126 to Madrid. Uh, first, I want to apologize, even though I don't know her. I kept saying that, you know, that FT article about... Um, oh, Madrid. Yeah, I kept calling her Joe Elliot. She's called Joe Ellison. I don't know why I said Elliot three times. So in case she heard, or in case anyone from the FT heard, I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway, um... <laughs> We, you pointed that to me. Uh, there was a, a thread on Reddit where people were asking about uh, their favorite podcast on our aviation, and yeah, I mean, because we never actually really we did that at the very beginning. We really um, say thanks. There was a Royal Swazi that said, my personal favorite is layovers. The main focus is on passenger experience and service product news. And they typically also talk about places they've been recently been a loyal listener for years. Note, it is quite long, around two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes, it is long. <laughs> um, we had uh, Craig, Craig on uh, camera, crew Craig on um, Instagram uh, sent us a DM, a message. Hey, guys, love the podcast. I'll leave a proper review very soon. You keep me company on my long drives around the country. And he wanted, and that's why I mentioned this DM, he said, you mentioned a flight app for info delays, and I was wondering what it was. Many people asked us yeah. since the last episode. Many people asked us, uh, you replied to one, Flighty. Should we, should we spell it out? <laughs> yeah, because it, it's a weird one. It's, it's flight with a Y on the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Flighty, uh, so flight why exactly and uh, i think the website is flighty.app yeah it's only on uh ios for the moment there's a web version now so no no i think it's a mac os version as well so you can it's very oh, nicely done so it syncs everything it's very nicely done you can also have it on your mac i don't know about windows i think they were th hoping to do something on android but anyway it's a very cool app it's paid you have like some features you you can use it without paying if you want f the full access to features you have to pay but it is my go-to yeah it is it's mine now too th uh, because of you and i 
I uh, can't live without it. Uh, it's just the, the best companion for for flight yeah. stuff. And it, I mean, it's not flawless. And it, every every now and then, it just forgets a piece of information or or, or whatever. But ninety nine percent of the time, it's so far ahead of airport and airline app announcements of gates and delays yeah. and all of that stuff. And even the little things like taxi times and all of yes. that. It's beautifully done as well. It's beautifully designed. It's, it's beautiful and it, and it looks at your historical data yes. too and presents it in a lovely interactive way. So it, it's worth every penny. And I'm I'm stingy when it comes to paying for apps. <laughs> yeah, and there's it's really also made for avgeeks because the... So not only you will have... So for pure travel planning, you'll have, where's my plane? You know that in the US, the apps of airlines uh, have done for a while. In Europe, it does, still doesn't exist. I think uh, Michael Leppa mentioned to me that uh, SAS now does that. So you can know where your plane is, is. So if the plane is inbound, is late, you know that you know, you're going to be delayed, for instance. So uh, flighty tries, attempts, they cannot always do it because the airline doesn't always have the information, but they attempt, even if the airline doesn't provide that information, they attempt to, to say, oh, we know where your aircraft is. So that's very useful. Yeah. So that's a useful part, but also there's the geeky part, like you will have for memory afterwards, you will have the tail number of your flight, you will have the actual times, like you said, of, you know, departure, taxi time, the actual time in the air. And the, you know how and other apps do that when you have the, the nice layout of from city to city, it will be the actual flight path. Yeah. It will not be just like a, virtual line from let's say london to new york you will see a little bit of the bumps and the left right they had to do the the little diversion so it's it's and, and that stays in the memory that's mm. that's only i think for flights that you've done whilst having the app i don't think it can actually Go get back. the information because it will sync with TripIt, for instance so you can yep. add your previous flight manually but that obviously then I don't think you can look up for the, the flight path, the exact flight path of a flight 10 years ago. But that's really nice for avgeeks as well. As it I'm is. And to speaking say. of TripIt, you can also do what you can do with TripIt and you can forward the app, your confirmation emails, and it will put everything in there yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we highly recommend it. There's no hotel. There's no, it's really purely flying. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. But as I keep, I uh, had an exchange with a friend of mine, JD, uh, John Bradford, about that. Uh, he was asking like, oh, TripIt is becoming so strong. Slow. It seems that they have abandoned kind of the <laughs> development of it. Um, any recommendation? I asked that on Twitter, and uh, I said flighty, but I said you know for me the only time I need live updated information is flying because the hotel once I land wherever I, I don't need five information to tell me that the hotel is late or something. <laughs> yeah, well that's true. It's static. It's much more static. Yeah, so it's uh, but, but I understand. Some people want travel planning. If you want a full travel planning, besides trip it, maybe kayak is is um, mm -hmm. uh, they offer a free thing that works quite well actually. Anyway, if you if you guys have any by the way any other app that we don't know about, uh, just you know let us know on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever. We'd be happy to talk about them. Uh, so and the same. He uh, just uh, told you about that uh, dark message. Uh, camera crew Craig from the UK then made good on his promise to actually leave a review and left us a review five stars. He says, my favorite travel podcast, mm -hmm. a better late than uh, never review, long-time listener. I save up your great podcast for my long car journeys around the UK for work. Love hearing about not just destinations, but the flights as well, being an Ave geek. Plus, being an Avios chaser, I enjoy the status and loyalty chat. We don't do that a lot, but we no. do a little bit. 
I have also just started to watch Attaché Travel on YouTube. Fantastic videos and amazing quality. Keep up the great work both, and I am waiting for the next episode, Craig. And I, I must uh, repeat his name because he, has, he does um, cool pictures, uh, if you like aviation, because he does aviation photography. So it's Camera Craig, uh, sorry, Camera Crew Craig, at Camera Crew Craig on, on Instagram if you want to follow him. Uh, and he, I think he has also a website which should be linked from uh, Instagram. So yeah, thank you, Craig. Very much appreciated. Yeah. And um, you see, good words for you, attaché videos. You, <laughs> the Brooklyn one was really nice. I really oh, thank enjoyed you. It. No, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Brooklyn is, there's a fabric there. There's something. Uh, very photogenic. Good. Very yeah. photogenic. Right. I, don't, I didn't have to say bless you. You press on the cough button this time. Did I not do it? I have, no, I, you did. No, you did. That's what I'm saying. I saw Alex going to like, a, I was like, oh, and then he was completely Yeah, I've got a tickle. It's annoying as hell. <laughs> cough buttons are very useful. <laughs> uh, the Urbanisto I think that was I'm sorry guys because I took notes in the dust of this office last night um, uh, the Urbanisto uh, said found your podcast and been hooked a uh, hook listener he was on a flight from Atlanta to LaGuardia and a pursuer just handed uh, to him a note a handwritten note from Delta where they thank him for flying. Wow. And he says, it's functionally meaningless other than being a really nice gesture of recognition that you guys always talk about with regard to various carriers, soft product platforms. The other folks in the ale with uh, me that got those cards as well were similarly taken aback by the gesture. You know, it just works. It does. Right? It's such a small thing. It's such a small thing. But here he is telling us about it. Right. I mean, I don't know how... Often it has happened to you over your years a lot? A handwritten note? Yeah. Well, it's funny because while you were telling that story, I was thinking, like, has that ever happened to me? I mean, when Megan and I flew back on BA, uh, when she was moving over here, we got that lovely card oh, yeah. signed by the whole crew. You mentioned. Uh, and a bottle of champagne and stuff. But the only other time I can think about that is when I flew first <laughs> on Cathay. Uh, and... You kind of expect it, <laughs> you know, I can't, I mean, I've had other little things uh, that were printed messages, but signed by the crew. Yeah. JetBlue used to do that. Yeah, JetBlue does that. JetBlue has done, when I went to New York, uh, they they had this, I don't know if it because it was the introduction of the, the route. Uh, otherwise, a few times, I mean, but the thing, the few times is that I remember them, there's a flight, now I don't remember which date, because that was the time I was traveling so much. But I remember Singapore Airlines, the crew of the part of my cabin in business class in the 380. Uh, I don't know. They took a liking of me. It was nothing. They just <laughs> they took a took a note, and the three of them, four of them, can remember. I still have it somewhere in a box. Uh, they, they wrote down that that was a very cool passenger. They enjoyed the time with me, and they, they just signed. They didn't even ask, you know, they didn't ask for, like, oh, leave us a review or anything, right? It was just an... And, you know, I still remember that because I was like, oh, wow, that's so, you didn't have to do that. And like, he's, like uh, the Urbanisto here, I think probably on on uh, Instagram says, it's meaningless other than being a really nice gesture. He puts it very well. Yeah. I, also, I, I, I mean, I believe it's a differentiator. I agree. Uh, Frank Lussel on uh, Instagram as well. I was, no, Twitter. Pretty much his Twitter, actually. Uh, at Frank Losel, um 
long message. Uh, he says he's a big fan of layovers. It's the first time he's writing to us. Um, <laughs> then he says, if the time schedule of you and Alex ever allows it again, please get back to recording episodes once a week, like in the beginning. On top of that, keep the length of the latest episodes or even extend them. So basically, he wants us to record once a week for three hours. What the hell would we talk about? Yads, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have just restarted listening to all of your episodes for the third time. What? That's dedication. That's dedication. Like from the beginning? Like yeah. from episode? Uh, well, apparently that's what he says, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, Frank, you being, first of all, our, our early episodes were really different. Uh, we were not as good as we are today. Not that we are great today, but at least um, now we don't even <laughs> pretend to be good. At the beginning, we were pretending to be pros. Um, it's, <laughs> that's always right, isn't it? <laughs> it's, no, look, uh, it's, we wish we could record more. I had this incident in my studio um, uh, that uh, will be hopefully be uh, done by next week. I will be back to, like because we're like, like I'm putting my life in danger right now by inhaling fumes while I'm oh, talking God, to yes, Alex because I love Alex and... so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, but yeah, I, we don't. We have a little bit more time, but we don't have that much time. We we should be. We were we we were in a good streak, however, before that incident of my office. So we'll try to do this. And this is what we do like th two hours. So we do like two hours every three four weeks. Yeah. So you can have. A, I can't imagine. So you can do that... like. Sorry, go, go I, would, ahead. I just can't imagine that, well, maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to hear, actually, from people. That I, my hunch is that people don't listen from beginning to end in one sitting, all two hours. Like, they pick up and put down and pick up and – Like, I, when I'm listening to podcasts, it's usually when I'm driving or, 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 or running. And so, there's finite chunks and I, like, yeah. get out of the car, it stops, and I get back in the car and it starts up again. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I do. I do that because I listen to kind of long form podcasts anyway. When uh, this is my, these are my kind of favorite, you know, deep conversations. Not that our conversation no, is very deep. No, no. <laughs> but I do like you, so I would just randomly stop, like after I come back from the gym, and like stop, and then the next day or whenever I have a, like you said, like you have a commute, I will put it back on. So for me, the length never. But I know that some people are completist and probably want to listen to the entire thing in one go. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and then he adds, and that's interesting because I wanted to have your your views on that, Alex Frank. It's still Frank Lewisel on on Twitter, uh, that uh, he he's flying to with his wife to Japan in the coming weekend. So probably he's actually this coming weekend now. Uh, he will do Nuremberg, Munich, Heathrow, Haneda in business class, and he will experience A and A for the first time i I'm, I'm even pretty sure that's a new ana the room or whatever it's called oh yeah yeah he's very excited so the only thing i'm saying here frank you really want to come to london I was just to actually do a, a transit via Heathrow. just i hope it's just to fly ana because why would you come to london what would you take to the pain of transiting in london <laughs> just to go to japan <laughs> i was thinking about that routing too i'm I'm sure there's a reason. It might be a fair thing. We've we've both observed yeah. that uh, fares through Heathrow that originate in a third yes. country can often yes. be cheaper. But that better be a significant discount, man. <laughs> yeah. Or or and I would get it that A and A new seat because he didn't mention that, but I know that's a new new seat of A and A. Maybe it's it's very still on very few routes. I think yeah. 
And London has it. So maybe he told his wife, yeah, that's the best fare. And actually, that's for the seat. Frank, we won't tell your wife if that's the case. Don't worry. Uh, and, uh, but, and he was asking us, so he's transit, at least because clearly he's flying Lufthansa, uh, Nuremberg, Munich, uh, Heathrow, uh, because he's transiting at Terminal 2. So he stays within Terminal 2. That's not too bad. Yeah, at least there's that. And he's asking me, and I, because uh, I've been Star Alliance Gold until you remember uh, February, <laughs> and he's gold. He's a gold member in Star, uh, Star Alliance. Can you recommend one of the several Star Alliance lounges available? I mean, I know which one I, I've already recommended on Twitter. Which one would you recommend? Even though you flew less at T two A, did you be both? I've. I, I went into the United Lounge once. Yeah, um, that's the best. Which, when we flew on ANA, when we were working with them on Attaché, and I was impressed. I was really yeah. impressed. I liked it not because of the, well, it was comfortable and great, but also it was super aviation heritage. Yes. <laughs> you, know, the, yes. you know, with not just the art, but also the uh, a little decorative touches as well in there. So I, I like yes. that lounge. And it's yes. right, I think it's it's literally opposite the gate that ANA often uses. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I, uh, they kept changing because I thought, so Frank, this is the opposite. Alex just said the opposite I just told you on, on Twitter. So I apologize. Oh, well, it's been a long time. No, so yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, me too. But me too, because that's pre-COVID when I flew ANA. Yeah, so same. Uh, it's, for me, I remember that Singapore Chris Flyer Lounge is close. Anyway, it's like a seven-minute walk. We're talking here, the two lounges, between the two lounges. But I would say number one is United at T2B. Number two is Chris, uh, so Singapore Airlines, Chris Flyer Lounge, uh, also at T2B, which is on the other set of, of gates at the B gates. These are the two best ones, but United by far the best. Uh, Air Canada is okay. Uh, also at T2B. You don't want to walk back to, because that's a long walk under the tunnel. It goes for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the lounges at, like the Lufthansa lounge is, is a Lufthansa lounge. And I told him, because your Star Alliance called, it's a lounge you've seen a billion times. It's a good lounge at Heathrow, but it's the exact same lounge you would expect from Lufthansa in every airport in the world. Good, but maybe not. United and Paul, Paul is recommending United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? It is a good land, or it was four years ago, five years ago. Jesus. And he finally adds, and then I'll move on from his message, Frank. He finally adds, are there any other must-dos at T2 Ethro? And I was like, uh, I don't think there's any must-do at Ethro in general, because there's not like a viewing platform or... I think so. I think the only thing, I mean, at T2? Yeah, because that's where he's transiting. No. because what else would you recommend overall at at Heathrow is there like one thing that because you know you go to Singapore of course Singapore is an exception you have like the garden and you have there's always at Heathrow it's it's a functional airport yeah I mean we talked we're gonna stop you know doing all the pros and cons because I think we've been doing that since the start of the year but I can't think of is it like a thing that you would go as an Afghi special I don't know I mean mean, the Cathay Lounge is the only thing I can think of that is (laughs) magnetic yeah. other than that you uh, you're right it's a functional airport there's no there's nothing there's some good food at t2 i, I gave him some names and but it's there is good food you're right i don't know i mean he has also i told him he has three hours i would spend them in the lounge <laughs> totally me too me too and i would actually save up my appetite for the ana flight because that's also great me too right um yeah since we're talking about lounges I'm going to ask you a question. Why do you go to lounges? What's your primary reason? Why you do go to lounges, Alex? That's a great question. I think it's mainly the 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 promise of a little bit of uh, quiet. 
away from the hustle and bustle. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I think the second part is free food and drink. <laughs> but it's, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I know that there's, I'm missing the point of this question, but... It's not a trick question, don't worry, it's not a trick question. So often lately, I would have rather paid eight to 15 bucks for a meal out in the airport, because there's a lot of these airports are getting much, much, much better food options. True. Than the crap that they give you for free in a lot of the lounges. Like we've talked about Cathay and Emirates and some of the outlier lounges where the food is exquisite, but often yeah, but I'm sitting there with a three-day-old sandwich and going, I feel like I feel like it would have been okay to spend 10 bucks on a, on a sandwich. Yeah, if, they ever, if they even have sandwiches, some yeah, of them yeah. is like crisps. I And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll take some chips and that's it. It's not, like, I'm, I'm like you, I... Uh, and even sometimes you say the quiet, which we've been lucky also to sometimes have access, like you just said, uh, because of um, status to like uh, upper version. So I mentioned Lufthansa, so the Senator Lounge over the Business Lounge or Cathay Pacific, the first over the business one. So we've had even more quiet because some of the lounges, are they really quiet? There's so many yeah, people some in of them. them are, like, yeah, no, some of them are... <laughs> crowded and, and noisy and and not a pleasant experience. And what would be the most uh, the most important feature in the lounge? Is it like something you like? Is that the food or is it the quiet? I think the food is the thing that is the most memorable and then the view. I always get ah. disappointed when I come into a lounge and there's no there's no view or there's a beautiful like clearly behind the windows or, or is the tarmac but it's all you know, covered, it's tinted to the point of not being able to see oh, yeah. through or blocked completely. I've never, I'm sure there's yeah, a like, reason, but it's disappointing. They're probably hiding some stuff uh, that, <laughs> like it's it's a horrible kind of uh, rooftop and uh, they don't want you to see. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I agree. Yeah, the view for me is probably that I wouldn't enjoy the most. Yeah. Uh, actually, the United Lounge at, at T2A, it's not like, I mean, there's a few planes, but you can see yeah, outside, yeah. so it's nice. I like having a, a view. Oh, me too. The reason I mentioned that is because one of our listeners, very, very, very long-term listener, I think she's also been listening to our past catalog a few times. Oh, I think, yeah, because she, she she did like, we did a layover roulette. I think she sent me a message like six, eight months ago. It says, okay, I've listened to everything and I don't know what to listen to anymore. Uh, can you give me a number? And I said, 33. So, okay, I'm going to listen to layovers 33. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. uh, so anyway, uh, Avi Alex, Alexandra, has started her own podcast oh, with a co-host called David. The The name of the podcast is Sky Lounge Podcast. So Sky Lounge Podcast, if you want to find it on your apps. I found it myself on Apple Podcast. Um, they had released one episode. I just saw this morning they released the second one, which I haven't had the, the, the chance to listen to. And the more the merrier. I love having oh, more podcasts. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she said they, they talk about launches. They have a guest. Unlike us, they actually have proper guests. I think that's their plan. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, she says that the most important for her is the view. Uh, and I, I, we fully like you. We just, you just realized, uh, uh, Avi, Alex, Alexandra, that we also concur. The view is the the, the most important. Thing. And she says that one of her favorite, if I remember correctly, I think she mentions the Swiss Swiss Lounge at E the gates E at um, Zurich, and that's probably our favorite because you even have you not only have the views that are freaking amazing, but also you have a terrace. You can, you can yeah. go oh. out and see and hear a plane and smell the jet fuel. And it's, yeah, it's probably one of the best for the, for the views. Yeah. And, um, uh, and uh, because I, I don't really eat in lounges 
coming back to food mm. i prefer eating in a plane to test what they have actually tried to do with without an open flame kitchen <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but besides the exception for me would be the noodle at cafe pacific <laughs> i always make it a everybody, point everybody. right i mean it's just or or the, or you? a pain chocolat in uh, air france lounge in paris i would always take uh a pain au chocolat because they're actually the best pain au chocolat. They're not the best pain au chocolat overall, but the best pain au chocolat you can find in a lounge in the world because you're in France. One would hope. But yeah, so anyway, she they talk about that at length. It's a cool uh, podcast. You guys should give it a give it a go. And congrats uh, for having uh, done started a new uh, podcast. Yeah. I think she, we talked, I think in 2018, I must have told her, you should have, you should be a guest one of these days. I think she got tired of us never inviting her and says, I'm going to do <laughs> she my own. She started podcast. her own. Yeah, you know what? Good, 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 good choice. <laughs> oh, I would, I would say the other thing I love in, in lounges, I forgot to say, there's many things. The main thing is I, I don't find useful a spa. I don't really care. A gym, I'm yeah. never going to use it. A business center, they're always empty. Um, I kind of like having direct access, uh, boarding access. Yes. I mean, this rare. It is rare, but it's nice, yeah. Emirates does that. ANA does that in Japan. Some other lounges, uh, JAL as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nice. It's maybe, it is nice. It is nice. It's nice to have because it's not absolutely mandatory, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like a, your baller when you have your own kind of jet <laughs> <Yeah>. page. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, 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 so. Uh, and finally, before we go to your, because we're still talking about lounges, we had another podcast called the Non-Rev Lounge Podcast, which mm. I follow as well, uh, that said, uh, that sent us a message. It was fun hearing about your experience club hopping, and that's you, Alex, because you were doing all the lounges with oh, Megan last time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And oh, uh, they say a few episodes back, Tyler talked about, on their podcast, Tyler talked about going to the Qantas first class lounge in LAX, mm. then stopping by his own airline's lounge before boarding and it's feeling like a bus station afterwards. Yeah, because Qantas actually in LAX is pretty good. So it's true that's that's sometimes like what you experience at, at uh, T3. Sometimes when you go to a great lounge and they say, you know, I'm going to try another one and it's really disappointing. It feels like a bus stop. Yeah. I've done that. I don't think I've talked about it. I've done that in airports. I'm, you know that I don't go often. So when I went to Islamabad, for instance, I said, "Oh, I have access to four lounges. I'm going to do the four of them in the next hour and a half, just to be able to say that I've been." And I made the mistake because it was pretty random. To the first one was the best one, and then I was like, yeah. "What is this? What is this? What is this?" But <laughs> you're I always said, wondering: Is the other one going to be even better? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the crisis was green on the other side of the fence. So perfect segue. Your trip, your trip to the U.S. Did you do? That was a long time ago. Now, uh, four, five, six weeks. I don't know. Did you do some lounge hopping this time or not? Would you I, fly with? What I did. did I did. Yeah. So we. I flew out to New York for a speech and to film our Brooklyn episode, which yes. you so kindly mentioned earlier. I spent a staggering amount of time looking at my flights. I remember because you were. <laughs> Sharing with me all the options. What were you, you even like you talked to Ed Parsons on Twitter, like, what would you do if I were to do that? What yeah. do you think about this product? There's a product. Which shows that, you know, for once you were totally free and said, maybe I'm not going to do my usual BA. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it was. I, I did not feel in any way duty bound to BA. I lost my gold status uh, last month and I feel nothing about it. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for 
a point where I try and do something just out of habit that I oh always, yeah. and then I can't and I go oh, okay that's yeah. a little bit disappointing or 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 whatever but I haven't I haven't had that yet and I I yeah you're right I looked at do I try the Singapore Airlines Frankfurt New York route you know to, because I was I had a budget to play with mm-hmm. or do I try the Emirates Milan New York yeah. or whatever and I opted for in the end um JetBlue. Nice. Mint sweet from 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 Gatwick from Gatwick because how great is it that I can do it from Gatwick which is yes. So much closer to where I live than Heathrow and as we have have said in in no uncertain terms lately it's just a better airport at this point. Yeah. It just right works. Now, yes. Yes. Really just really works. well. Don't, it went stressed. through a really difficult period during and post COVID and now is sort of has it's not polished in any way but nope. functionally it's just uh, it's yeah. great so that that was yeah. um i i mixed it up and i'll come to the return flight later but yeah go ahead JetBlue was was one way it it wasn't cheap but it wasn't anywhere near like the big dogs across the atlantic it's at very all. expensive right now as well yeah going across the atlantic is extraordinary which is crazy because there's I don't think there has been more frequency, if not capacity, across the Atlantic at the moment. Yeah. Than what I've, we, I've, yeah. we've it experienced. Feels that, yeah, it feels that there's a flight every 30 seconds. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think it was, and I, you know, as American BA moved their, their JV closer and closer, Virgin and Delta, I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing the, uh, the quote unquote, benefits of uh of a duopoly which essentially is what it is anyway uh i i booked it uh and i fly out of gatwick north terminal and it's interesting like the the jet blue check-in desk because you have to do document verification whether you're hand luggage only or not tucked in a corner of the uh of the north terminal and they have multiple flights a day so they have boston and and new york out of gatwick and i think there's Maybe two to New York a day. I can't remember, but it was yeah. Empty. Because you remember, I told you when I was flying Emirates in February, next to me were sat three JetBlue, and I was saying how cool it is that compared to when I flew them now a year and a half ago, now there's actually multiple routes. Yeah, there are multiple more. routes, multiple frequencies, and I'd looked at Heathrow, um, but it just that the timings didn't work out. It was cheaper to go to Gatwick, and Gatwick's easier for me anyway. So, but when I got to check in, there was nobody there. There was there was no other passenger waiting. I wasn't particularly early because uh, it was, I think, a noon departure and I had already had to drop my kids off at school and then get out there. So it wasn't like I would had arrived particularly early to uh, enjoy the experience or whatever. But a very quick document check. You get premium or fast-track security as part of a JetBlue. Uh, and I should... Oh, I, oh I should, sorry uh, to interrupt. Yeah. I, the the doc check is because... I think for a few more weeks now, there's still COVID checks to enter the US. Yeah. And then it stops. I think it stops in May. But I think you've always had to do passport checks and visa checks going to the US out of oh, the yeah, UK. Right, maybe. Yeah. But you're right. They You you had to do one of the uh, the declaration, COVID declarations yeah. saying, I don't have COVID. Um, and you could do it online beforehand and they just double check it's on their system and all of that. And JetBlue uh really really good about to the point of almost being annoying of emailing you and texting you and saying i know please make sure you do this 
Yeah, they, I remember even to 2021, I think they sent me like 20,000 yeah, email and texts. Sign this, remember, do this and do that and be prepared. Yeah. It's better to be prepared. <laughs> okay. And I think it's because they don't, I, I don't know if they get fined uh, or anything like that, but I think it's also so that there's no delays at check-in. Yeah, because probably. the woman that arrived after me, uh, I could hear that she had already run into some problems and was looking for her. So it was just easier to do that. And I should say that I booked Mint, which is their, well, it's a, it is a, it's a business class product, mm. but yeah. as... As you mentioned in, on, your, on your trip report, there's two seats at the front of the airplane. <laughs> the sweets, the mint sweets. Nice. And then, there, so that is an additional fee and a, not an insignificant fee on top of what you've already paid to be in the- I think back then I paid for that 200 or 250, I yeah. don't remember. Same. Something like that. And I think, I think I'm talking in pounds. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. 200, uh, I put five dollars, so it was- pretty much the same but it was there was no way i was not going to do it <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> you know? of course and it's that's borderline a first class yes oh 100 percent. right okay there's only two seats i'm sorry i'm preempting what you're going to say so no, no, no 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 <laughs> it's true it's true um and i you know the the mint cabin is on a321 lr and there's not there's a lot of of these mint seats and they are in, in, by themselves fantastic business class product especially when you're thinking hey i'm on an a321 yeah um but i so you get your fast so i, I did that and i would have got the fast track anyway security was really quiet security gatwick is just it's right? so good it's yes. so good yes the it's a pleasure <laughs> you have the sort of cues in front of the security belt which you see in many airports yes so you've got like one, two, three, four, and they, they have someone saying, okay, you go to one, you go to... The only yes. issue I have with those is that if you're at the, the spot closest to the x-ray machine, trying to get your tray onto the belt is actually quite difficult. I agree. I agree. And so now they have somebody on the other side of the belt holding the, the trace back so you can... Otherwise, you'll be there all day. But other than that... It's so good and so far, and it's funny because I have, as some of you may have seen on the uh, on attaché, I have a, a Steam Deck, which is this handheld gaming device from Valve, which I love, and uh, I don't always immediately take it out of my bag. I always take out my laptop on my iPad because that's the things that they always say, and I didn't take it out. And the security guy stopped me, and he's like, "You got any more electronics in there?" And I pulled it out, and he's like. I knew that's what that was. That's a Steam Deck, huh? And I was like, yes. And he's like, I, what do you think about it? We sat there and had like a two, because it was the whole airport was empty. So we had two or three minute conversation about it. And it was just, oh, that's cool. it was just, yeah, a nice human moment in a, in a very mechanical process. Yes, uh, I agree. And that's always that, nice. I always found yeah. them. Yeah, I agree. Gatwick, uh, yeah. So, and you're through in the meandering duty-free corridor that all airports have now that they force you to go through and that's fine and and i you don't have lounge access on a JetBlue ticket yet and i yep. don't i think that's the case in every airport that they fly to outside of the u.s yeah but i think it's there i mean i uh, maybe i'm preempting what you're going to say later but at uh there are t5 there's no lounge so i think Not it's really, no. almost kind of part of their philosophy maybe i haven't flown them 
to you know let's say the caribbean or wherever they fly in mexico whatever so yeah. I, I don't know what they do in other overseas in a way destinations but it feels to me that it's one of their quirks that they don't uh yeah and it was you know that that's fine i, I was able to get into lounges with my uh priority pass or my my amex and <laughs> it's funny because you and i were having this conversation real time and i went up to the uh what are they called plaza premium yes lounge in the north terminal yes and i i go up there and they're very friendly and uh let let me in i think i, I can't remember what, what i used to get in there but i got in there and i just it it felt it's got these beautiful windows like looking uh i guess it's it would be southwest yeah corner you I just get, mentioned southwest talking southwest. about jet blue <laughs> <laughs> oh i gotta get some hate mail for that <laughs> it's beautiful views and and the and the lounge is kind of uh in a corner so you have um a lot of big open space but it was like it felt like you were in a temporary space like everything felt temporary the tables oh. the setup oh you mentioned now i remember what you're gonna say the way the furniture was arranged and all of that and it was loud af it was so loud and people weren't being noisy it's just because there was no carpet lots of echo there was yeah and it just yeah. carried the sound and and it felt um kind of dingy to be honest with you You're describing my office right now. You don't see it. What I, uh, the angle I've put the camera is on purpose, so you don't see well, all the mess you know, around me. When I was looking at the lounges before I went, I was looking at the pictures of this lounge they have on the websites, and I was like, wow, it looks great and really modern. And it just did not reflect that going in there. And I I, I parked myself in the corner. And I By the way, you just describe every other YouTube videos. It just does describe because every YouTube video, is, you know, you have a super slick... Uh, set up you're like wow these guys are and then if you were ever to do a tour you'll be a mess around yeah, your... that's kind of what this situation in my office is <laughs> permanently sorry go ahead no no it's it's and i so it was yeah, echoey and yeah it felt like so it felt temporary it felt kind temporarily of unfinished un, yeah just shabby not very tidy and uh the bathrooms were disgusting and oh. but that is what gave finally gave it because i spent the whole time going I've never been in here before. I know that. But I feel like I've been here before. Uh -huh. And it was the bathrooms. I was like, I know that. This is the old Virgin Lounge. Because <laughs> the Virgin had this weird aesthetic through across the lounges in, in, in London. And in the bathrooms, it was like the, they, they hadn't changed it at all. And it was the old North Terminal Lounge. And during COVID, they quietly sold it, I think... All of the yeah. lounges at Gatwick. Yeah, no, I think even more. I think they. I, 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 don't don't quote me on this, but I think they kind of let go of most, even of the management of their lounges, besides Clubhouse Heathrow, and perhaps the one in New York. But that's it. I think they let go. So they, some of their lounges are still branded Virgin. But they're not managed by them yeah, anymore. Run that's by. what I heard. And it could actually <laughs> even be that it's. Uh, Plus a premium that does that for them. I think it is. I think I think that was the the arrangement, and yeah. which is strange because most Plaza Premium lounges I've been in have been very good for for third party lounges, but this was <laughs> this was it was terrible. <laughs> it was really bad, and so I left early. And the other lounge that was available to me was the number one lounge. Yeah, 
which I've been in many times and is is great. It's fine. It's it's a nice it's a very nice lounge and the number one lounges generally are. But I I decided just to to go out into the terminal and have a wander around uh and just stretch my legs before before Good. departure. And of course the flighty app told me way before anybody else what the gate was. I think even actually before I got to the airport. <laughs> uh and it was it was in a that's the strange thing about Gatwick is there's these little pockets and corridors and piers that are, have been bolted on throughout its existence. And the the gate that we were at was exactly one of those. It was in this little cubby uh, at the sort of back end of the, I guess it would be the east side of the airport. And it was, I feel, I feel bad for JetBlue because it's not a nice or comfortable place uh at all and the there was a lot of because it's an american flight there was a lot of additional security screening um for people but there was priority uh boarding for anybody in mint and anybody in i think it's mosaic is there yeah their, their program flyer program well were- i'm confused because i just received the email so that was one of my mistakes i should have i should have uh charged my miles to emirates which is what i did yeah, which I didn't. So I opened a Mosaic account, which is also called True Blue. So I forgot. Oh, which, yeah, it's True, is it True Blue, Blue and then Mosaic. mosaic or, is like because a- I just received emails this week that they're changing the program. Probably is a way to say that they're going revenue-based without saying it. I didn't read because, again, I have like these few months. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to New York in November, so I might use them, even though for the moment the, the prices look – I mean, they look horrendous anyway for everything. So I might use just Smiles and BA just to – to soften the blow, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it, I think I, I don't know if that's the thing. Basically, I don't know if it's called Mosaic or True Blue, but I know both names are being used. So one is the program, and the other one is the tier. Tier, the I tiers, think. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a confusing nomenclature, but maybe you know emerald and ruby and sapphire, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's exactly. just yeah, as confusing, yeah. but we're yes. familiar with it, so we know yes. the implications. Hundred percent. Um, so boarding was 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 very easy, and I was hand luggage only. And then you step on board, and you immediately realize. I mean, and I, again, I've flown JetBlue many many times, and I've flown in Mint quite a few times. But I I I I had this sort of hazy idea based on what you had described, and looking at a few pictures. But I didn't want to completely analyze the what I was going into. I like to be surprised and discover. But I, I, as soon as I stepped on board, I was like, right, "This is going to be, this is going to be different, and it's going to be amazing." Because yeah. you look down, and it's a beautiful long cabin. The mood lighting's on, perfect. Brand new airplane, uh, and JetBlue product anyway is outstanding. So even if you're in economy, you have free blazing fast Wi-Fi. You've got really good IFE. You've got the uh, I can't remember what they call it, but basically somewhere where you can go and help yourself to water and snacks and stuff like that. But the space, I was in one, I guess it would be F or K or must have been K, whatever it is. <laughs> it's either in say, one A or one K. You know, you know A and you know the other one. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember. I was, I think did twice. I think I did both. One A on the way. Was it F or K? I can't, I can't remember what it is. Well, anyway, the other side. The other yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's this, huge space absolutely huge and it has the seat which is at a sort of i don't know if you call it 45 degree angle 
in facing inside so your back your shoulder is slightly to the to the to, away from the window but you have this sort of bonquette next to you this sofa exactly yeah <laughs> ne- uh next to you which uh is not part of the bed the seat just kind of falls down into the bed and your and your your feet go under the tv this isn't another a bit completely and the cabin crew were telling me oh Sometimes people come and you can come and have a seat because they have their own tray table as well. Anybody sitting on this banquette. So you can have a meal together. Uh, uh, Virgin used to do that in upper class where you could, you could I would dine say, together. I've seen, I've seen this type of ID. I mean, we've seen it like in the past six, seven years. I know there was COVID in the middle, but um, when, you know, the idea, and you, you see on the, the PR pictures, like somebody else sitting with you and that freaking never happens. However, for 321, where if you were with Megan, you couldn't sit with her because it's one seat on, if you were both, on, of course, in business class, there's one seat on every side. You, there's no double seat. There's no like yeah. way. So in that sense, maybe you would have used that banquette and actually had lunch with her. Because yeah. otherwise you cannot. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. And I remember when BA released the, the yin and yang uh, business class seats that we relentlessly poop on. Um, they're, they have a footrest and they have a, they had to put a sign on there saying, don't sit on this because people assumed that because it was the kind of business class seat trend du jour, uh, that you could do it. And it, that absolutely does not support <laughs> yeah, even a dainty little thing like my wife, let alone someone like me. So they had to put a sign on there to do it. But oh. it, it was this, I mean, the, the differentiator on the JetBlue Mint Suite, though, was it would not feel cramped or claustrophobic. Yes, to have another person in there. Correct. It's so big, and they have you ha- like I said you have this. They have their own tray, which comes out of a separate section uh, to to enjoy the meal with. But I, I of course, was like a kid in a candy store. I was the first person to board, and I was taking pictures and videos. And then you sit down and you have this huge screen in front of you. Right. Just, I think they say it's the the biggest business class screen across the Atlantic. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. I think this, they were saying that in 2021 when I took them. And I... One of the first flights to do that. I don't know if it's still the case, but probably it is. Huge. And it, it is. It, and it's on a hinge, so it, 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 it comes out. And yeah. when I sat down, it said... Hi, Ian, which is my legal first name, which is what I would I have know. booked with. And I was like, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I remember that. Hi, Paul. I'm like, how do they already know me? That, but that's cool. And, and it's underneath it, it says in, in, in brackets, is this you? And you confirm yeah, it's yeah, you. Yeah. And so if it's not, yeah, you yeah. can put in your yeah. apply number and everything like that. Uh, and I was like, that's a, that's a nice touch. And of course, the first thing I want to do is flick through it. The interface is, is beautiful and snappy and quick. But the thing that gra- that grabbed my eye immediately was there was a food option, and I thought, oh, it's just going to be the generic menu. You know, we serve things like maybe you get no, no, no. You you press the button, and it says this flight has two meals. I was like, okay, what's going on here? It says main meal and pre arrival, and then there's a big orange button that says start order, and I and I was like, oh, what? And you. You compose your meals on the touchscreen of of all of these available options because they they do a small plate service. Yes, uh, and yes. it was, uh, I think maybe there was eight or nine options, and you pick 
uh, three plates and then a, and a, and a suite or an after, after dinner. And then you have the smaller meal, which was still substantial after the uh, sort of maybe 90 minutes before landing in JFK, beautiful, bright pictures of the, of the meal uh, and descriptions and calorie counts and, and allergies and all of that. It was, I was so impressed that I spent way too long <laughs> futzing with that. It, it was, uh, it was, I, no, so I get it great. because I was doing the same. I was trying every single thing. I was yeah. like, this is, and it. This is so um, unusual because I always associated going to the U.S. with a, a good experience. It's not, it's not, you know, like a good BA or a good AA is good. Yeah. Or I've done Delta, I've done United to the U.S. But this is special. Yeah, it, the special this is, is the really right different. It, 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 it's joyful. It, it was it's, joyful. And, and setting us, I mean, the physical seat is, is great. The suite has a door. There's storage everywhere. There's... There's two uh, international outlets, so you can plug in a European, American, or, or or UK plug into it. One right over your shoulder, one a little bit further away. USB everywhere. They have a wireless charging mat. Um, they had very good noise canceling headphones, uh, and, and lots, like I said, lots of storage places to hang up your coat uh, and a door that you know that you have the the sweet door which they come and close for you. A little bit later, uh, lovely little touches like a a, a, a light a proper lamp affixed to the wall, which you can change. Uh, also, I think colors, colors and dimness. Yeah, dimness. Yes, um, and just just lots of that everywhere. It is an off the shelf uh, physical product, but it's been so customized to this this space. That's that it, the point at the end. I yeah, think. it feels like nothing else in the air. And the amenity kit, there was like four or five different amenity kits. There was a sleep set, which had earplugs, toothbrush, eye mask. And then there was a, you know, the other- Were they stealing these kind of uh, pouches, of uh, papery paper, yeah. kind of pouches? Green and yep. like, minty, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they had, yeah, they had, uh, yeah, they, the paper- the gray ones and that had uh, your flight socks and lots of kind of like gels and lip balms and moisturizers and, and, and things like that. And then there was another one which had, I think it was a sample from some, uh, you know, nutraceuticals company with, with other bits and pieces of it. But there was yeah. like all this like accoutrement to go with the service it was just, it was so, this, the experience, the physical product was, the seat was incredibly comfortable. They give you pajamas. I hadn't had pajamas on an airline in years, <laughs> but they, I didn't use them. I brought them home, but they, cause it was a day flight. Uh, and they, they, the, uh, the IFE, like we, we said, lots of really good uh, uh, streaming content. So, you know, it's all stored TV, movies. The games were were really really good. I never really play them because I have my own stuff with me. But then, for me, the live TV. There were four or five channels of of live TV, maybe even more than that. Uh, I forgot, and I know Emirates have this, and a few of the Middle Eastern airlines have it. Mm -hmm. I had forgotten how much I enjoyed it, and I was sitting up there watching the World Baseball Classic, which was yes. going on. Yes, you know, having my my uh, pre pre flight champagne and and warm nuts and all of that just going this is the life this is great <laughs> you know 
yes. just really enjoying it. 100%. And, and the the cabin crew were, I'd like to say typically American, and I think everybody knows what that means in the context of, of cabin crew. They were friendly, vivacious, um, and, and, and interested, um, but, you know, also chatty in, in the galleys and with the ground crew and all of that. It sounds like the, the, the JetBlue team in London is very tight-knit. Yeah, like it, yeah. And they were all some of that they were talking to each other and saying, "Oh, this is my last flight because I'm going over to help open Paris next week. Uh and I'll be gone for till for 6 weeks." Yeah, I was about to say the opening Paris. They also promised they don't have slots, but they announced that they will opening Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's I don't great. know, they don't have slots. I mean, Amsterdam is a clusterfuck right now, but uh they will So they they're expanding in Europe, which is very, very cool. It is great. And I would just say guys slowly slowly don't 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 Norwegian this, please, because we'd like to see yes. this product is so good. I think one of what you just the, the term you just mentioned, tighten it, is is also probably be because the type of long haul operations is not the same as what they do. Not that they do, you know, what they do a transcon is five hours, right? But yeah, requires the economics of flying to airport like Heathrow, which are very expensive for landing fees or et cetera. You cannot be delayed you cannot it's 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 another which that's why it's been so hard for so many airlines to do long haul uh low cost yeah not that jet blue is low cost right it's not what i'm saying but it, it's a difference so i think they have to be tightened and i really you know what i would love because if if someday for some reason JetBlue becomes too expensive from london i'd happily fly to amsterdam and paris and fly yeah <laughs> oh i would too i would too it was it was such a great experience. Uh, the food was exquisite. Like I said, you order these small plates and and they bring them to you uh, on a on a tray, but but immaculately presented, absolutely delicious. I think I had um, burrata, uh, kachu pepe pasta, and and roasted chicken. Those are three separate mm-hmm. um, dishes, and then you could have. Um, Either I think shrimp curry or a salad was the other ones, and then they and then you have uh, your sweet. So I think there was gelato or cheese or another things, and it was it was really flipping delicious food. And like I said briefly, everybody on the flight gets free Wi-Fi, and it was really fast, really fast, totally functional Wi-Fi. It didn't cut out. It wasn't uh, frustrating. And and it's just a little thing like that, which is actually like, what a difference. What a differentiator. And flying on these other ones, you're going to pay 25 bucks for 200 megabytes of data. Yeah. And it's going to take you 45 minutes because Panasonic sucks. So I, I, yeah, I think it's both a benefit of having very new aircraft. Yes. But also simply the philosophy of the airline. And probably being, a, you know, the, the challenger. So you're like, I want Alex and Paul to keep coming if, you know, because it's, it's difficult. We're like... Uh, you know, um, big boats in a way because of our, we mentioned that because of our status, our habits, should we go to another airline to try something? And yeah, but you know, I have my status or my miles and suddenly, so being the challenger, that's one of the things you have to do to say, look, you have to wow Alex and Paul yeah. and obviously others here. I mean, I know they do it in the U S as well, uh, which of is, course, which is course. much easier to do when you're over a fixed, uh, fixed massive land um, over the Atlantic is much harder, but I, I, I liked, uh, I just liked the, the feel of it. 
the food was great. The, the cabin crew kept saying, you know, are you hungry? Do you, do you want anything? Come on, just have a packet, you know, have a biscuit or something. This is ridiculous. You haven't eaten in 25 minutes, you know, just they wanted to engage. And when I went up to the galley to have a, a, have a quick chat, there was, they couldn't have been more accommodating and friendly. Uh, and I, I was, I was just very, very impressed by the entire experience. We, it's a, it's a long, quite boring flight otherwise, because it's, uh, it's a daytime flight. flight. Yeah. Day, 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 day. The long way, you know, you're getting, you're getting gun tired. And it did dawn on me once I'd experienced and played with every button and lever and made this, you know, and try, you know, <laughs> just explored the entire airplane and sampled all the <laughs> snacks and played with everything on the IFE and sat there and thought, the, the joy, the pure unbridled joy that I used to experience with, with air travel hasn't fully returned yet. I, mm. It's still, mm. even as I sat in this throne in my own room <laughs> on a beautiful airplane, there was something still like, Not you know, I kept looking at my watch going, I want to yeah. be there now, as opposed to in the past <laughs> when you're on a, you know, a 12 hour Cathay business flight going, I never want this to end. And yes. And now I just, maybe it's age as well. I, I don't yeah, know. I think, I, I think tell fatigue. You. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Fatigue. Um, yeah. Maybe because we've flown so much. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I haven't put my hand on it. It still hasn't returned, but. Well, maybe you will return. I don't know. The, the, for me, and I know I'm talking about an experience now that it's, that it's an hour, um, an hour <laughs> a year and a half back, is that, and we said, uh, we discussed about that with Ed on our first uh, episode of the year. Was it the last of last year? It doesn't, doesn't matter. What was what makes me, made me happy with that flight is that I dread, I mean, there's everything that you mentioned made me happy, you know, from the IFE, the comfort, the, yeah. the crew, the food. I, I, I mentioned that if you guys want to listen, because you love listening back to our catalog, you can listen to me talking about this in the past, in November 2021. So the, the episode around there. But the point is, I want to make today is I'm dreading having to fly narrow bodies for long haul. Yeah. And this, this one, the way they created the seat, yeah, it's still a narrow body. Yeah, it's only one seat on each side of the ale. However, I didn't really feel like I was in an narrow body no. because the seat is so, I'm like, this is better than Emirates. And uh, I was like, what the hell? You know, so if that's the future and if I'm lucky enough and you're lucky enough and all of you guys are lucky enough to fly from time to time in the front of the cabin, I'm okay. I still prefer wide bodies, but I'll be okay to fly narrow bodies yeah. for long haul yeah, yeah. or at least medium to long haul. I think even the experience in economy uh at least from the UK to New York and back, uh, I'm begging JetBlue to remain competitive on price because you will get all of yes. my business. You will get all of my business right. and economy. Right. No questions asked. Told you, yeah, man. Exactly. That's what I, I, I didn't go back to the US since basically November 2021, right? So I didn't have a. Did I? No, I forgot. No, I did not. I went all on the other side. I went to uh, Middle East, Asia, Pakistan. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, this is the first price I'm going to check is JetBlue yeah. before anything. And else. I want them to, to please, please, please remain competitive. I know it's difficult, but it is, it's such a great product that the flights were on time. It was interesting, actually, as we got to top of descent, the captain came on and said, um, 
we are in for a wild ride into New York. So I'm going to turn the seatbelt signs on now. And you know when a captain or pilot says we're in for a wild ride, that you're in for a wild ride. Because they so often downplay <laughs> some of the people to freak out. Yeah. And it was particularly windy. And uh, the long meandering approach into JFK, you're going slow and you're pretty low. Yeah, it was... It's pretty pretty rocky, but it was, it, it was good fun. And you land into into their terminal at JFK, and the immigration was it is what it is. It just took about forty five minutes, even as an oh, American, okay. uh, and you're out. But here's the thing. Uh, so, in summary, wow, <laughs> bravo, JetBlue. And I know I paid uh, for the best seat in the house, but it was worth every penny and it was yes. exemplary. Uh, I could not find fault in any of it. So well done. Very well done. I look forward to experiencing it again. I'm so happy that you've done it. And I'm also very happy that we both agree because for me, it was a, almost a revelation. I was like, yeah. holy wow. And I think the experience and was- And it felt so fresh. And I haven't flown JetBlue like you have in the US as of course, because I don't travel as much in the US, especially domestically within the US. I felt like, I can still be wild after traveling yeah. in all crazy, you know, from the new Emirates first class seats and the new Cathay first class. Yeah. And I'm like, this is freaking amazing. And this is an American airline. And when I say that, please, all our US friends, it's not because I'm dissing you, it's because we're not used to having the splashiest, the worst. It's not about comfort. It's like, if you look, I've flown business and first or business first in AA, Delta, uh, United, they're good, but they're not Singapore Airlines. No. They're not Cathay Pacific. They're not Qatar Airways. And for once it was like, this is close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy. It can be done. It can be yes. done and it can be done well. And it doesn't yes. necessarily need to be on a wide body to be good. And it was lots of little things. Yes, the seat was comfortable, but it was the food. It was yeah. the IFV. Yeah, the, 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 the crew, the, crew, the experience, lots of little the boarding. Things. Yes, yes. Uh, and, yeah, so I was very impressed. I, I had a speech in Midtown the following morning, so I did that, and Greg was due to fly in uh, the next afternoon. And he flew on Norse, which we both uh -huh. had good experiences across the Atlantic in his flight. They're opening uh, quite a few yeah, routes they're, in the US. Yeah, they are expanding yeah. quickly. It's like they haven't <laughs> learned. So <laughs> we'll see what I happens. Mean, touch wood. That's a big uh, table I have in front of me. Touch wood. Yeah. And by the way, guys, I'm sorry if you hear noises besides the echo. There's my 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 computer is on the table, which never happens. I have this huge desktop thing, and uh, for some reason it's working. I was trying to kill whatever was working. I don't know what it's doing. So you might hear some background. I can't hear. You can't. But and by the way, Alex, I'm sorry. I freeze from time to time because I'm testing this new webcam, which is a mix between a webcam and a camera so there's better sensors called the opal c1 the picture is beautiful yeah but it's also in beta so meaning that sometimes it it feels it's the first time i try for two hours and it's still working anyway sorry guys back to alex in new york well so you you did your speech I did, uh, and and then you did your episode again I, I recommend people watching it because uh brooklyn it's um as a photographer, me, I'm not filming. It's, uh, it's a place I love because there's a lot of fabric. And yeah. you know, keep using that term. No, you're right. And I think that there's a lot, always something going on. So it was a very easy episode to um, to put together in, in, in that regard. But Greg landed at JFK uh, that afternoon. And um, 
from the moment it took it, it, they got to the gate to mm-hmm. getting in the Uber it was four hours. What? Four hours. Holy, was it due to the terminal? The it, it was there was. I mean, he's not American, so it doesn't. No, make everybody it was in the same boat, uh, oh. and because you have to go through immigration, irrespective of connections or all of that, you're automatically putting yeah. pressure on these yeah. systems. But there was like queues to get. They wouldn't let them off the airplane for an hour, okay? Because immigration hall was overflowing. Yeah, and then there was a queue. Once they got off the plane, there was a. They had to wait in a pen to then be let into immigration, and then oh. it just it it took him four hours wow. and jfk is getting worse and worse and worse for stuff like that it doesn't matter you know the, the case for global entry if you are eligible for it is now very very strong and megan keeps nagging me to do it and i and i really should um, yeah i think but i'm never in the u.s long enough to try and to make it happen i think maybe you can do it here but can you not do it in the embassy here uh trying to get into the embassy here is also a nightmare but I, yeah i mean there's a there's post-covid we we have all these backlogs. I mean, it's the same. I think I I don't have a UK passport, but I've heard that also like trying to renew your UK passport now you have wait times that are Ten crazy. Weeks. Yeah, and yeah, it's that's so there's a backlog, and also everybody wants to travel something at the same time. So there's these two things combined. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, poor Craig, it, it was, oh my God. and he was kind of like, and he's always very you know British about it, and mustn't yes. grumble and find the funny side of it. But it, it four hours. After one of those those long daytime it's transatlantic long, flights, man. and he wow. got to the Airbnb like at about eight o'clock, and he's like, "Well, I gotta go" because he had promised to meet some friends in Manhattan yeah. Yeah. Oh. an hour later. So he had forty five minutes in the Airbnb, and he was that like, was the, the, "The Airbnb was in Brooklyn." <laughs> the Airbnb oh. was in Brooklyn in Bed Stuy, yeah. So he had to then get in an Uber and go to Soho House in in uh, in Manhattan. <laughs> and he was like that manic exhausted but sure enough bright and early he was there the next morning and we uh we, we we cranked out an episode but jfk is that airport is not fun to go into and now LaGuardia is so much better it's uh i think that the, 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 are they not also funding some some refurb for jfk i mean they are, I, but I thought they're right. I, it, I, it's yeah. much more. It's just the disconnect of that airport. Like every terminal is different, every, and it's a roll of the dice. It really also. is a roll of the dice. And I've been, I've been out of of some terminals in like five. It literally felt like five minutes. Yeah. And other times you see suddenly the queue, and like oh my goodness, yeah. And it just doesn't. And then yeah. getting into town is a does the Van Wick is permanently under construction. There's anyway, we don't need to get into <laughs> anyway, that. Yeah. But it was yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> I felt so bad. For yeah, him. but the payoff is New York. Payoff is uh, New whether York. Whether it's Manhattan or, or Brooklyn, it's a payoff. It's yeah. yeah. So, so, glad so that bit it. was good. And coming back, I opted for BA. Yeah. So before you get there, because I mean, you, uh, it's part of my question. I remember you said that you you had booked, but then had to cancel a flight, and then and I think I'm talking JetBlue, but I'm not sure because I'm talking about memory. And then you booked a new one, and they gave you some travel credit, and they misquoted you the price oh, because. I forgot about that. <laughs> did you basically did you gain some money? You may be there was a, to tell it publicly. I, <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I I booked my JetBlue flight for a day, and then the event moved my speaking slot forward 24 hours. So I said, okay, well, look, I got to rebook this. I don't know what's going to do for the price. So I I canceled my JetBlue flight, and they put it into a travel bank. 
uh, and I had booked in dollars uh, and or no, forgive me, I'd, I'd booked in pounds, but it can't when it canceled it, it made the credit in dollars. But when I went to rebook using the uh, the travel, travel bank, credit. it did it. It quoted me the fare in dollars, but paid in pounds. So I was like, did I just get away with like? <laughs> Long story short, it all it was a display error on the oh. tra- between the travel bank system and the JetBlue website, and so the numbers were accurate, but the the currency symbol was incorrect. Uh, <laughs> so it there was you all, go. Uh, so you, that's the these are the little things, by the way. With this this display error, we can feel, and I didn't know that that is as recent, but you feel that JetBlue was very much a U.S. based operation. Yes. And they are to internationalize. For instance, I'm sure it's changed. I couldn't enter my passport number because my, the weights and and my phone number. You can refuse because it was a plus four four. They just add open this, which is the guys we don't know. That's the uh, country code for the UK. When I was trying to enter my phone number, it we don't have the same number of digits than a US phone. And if you were trying to put your yeah. country code. It says your phone is too long. Yeah. I'm talking a year and a half ago. They probably fixed it. But meaning, yeah, that's when you internationalize, you have to suddenly think about little things. Yeah, exactly. It's so, in yeah. all these little edge case scenarios, like the yeah. one I just described, where it's going to take someone like me going, what, what happened? And then yeah. they'll go in and fix it, and, it'll, and, and it will be fine. But that change so in be date. It. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good point, because that change in date oh, sorry. meant that uh, I had to re- evaluate my return leg too which i which i didn't which is why i booked on on ba because i looked at i looked at american jet jet blue was coming back was prohibitively expensive and you either have economy or mint there's nothing in between but uh ba and aa in premium economy was very reasonable even one way okay uh which is which is what i ended up doing and then the ba flight into gatwick uh, because that's where my car was, even though I could have done the faff of flying into Heathrow and then yeah, taking well. it. But you know what? It was right there. And I looked and it was an old, I I had, I had looked at upgrading with miles uh, if I was going to be on a Heathrow flight because there was an opportunity to get, almost certainly to get the club suite because they are, I think on yep. every uh, Heathrow JFK flight, uh, but not Gatwick. But not Gatwick. They're still using the Leisure Seven Triple Sevens. But, yep. and I've seen this crop up on Flyer Talk a lot lately. Is when I spoke to because you have to call uh, to do this. It's not. It never seems to work uh, on the website. Ah, B A. Top great with Mars. So you call them, and they're. I know they're all they're all you know perfectly charming people, very very nice people. But the the. The, the amount of cash that I would have to pay in taxes and fees on top of the Avios varied so dramatically with every call. Oh, wow. Like by hundreds of pounds. And That's, yeah, that makes it doesn't sense. make any sense. And people were saying on Flyer Talk, as I read through other fairs, other posts of people to having the same issue saying, hang up and call back until you get a number that you like. And I'm like, well, I was, uh, surely a tax and a fee is a tax and a fee. I never got a number I liked, so I didn't actually end up doing it. It didn't feel worth it to blow 45,000 and maybe like 500 pounds. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's Remember, we talked about that offline, so guys, it's not on the podcast, but I said that when I was trying, 
I was supposed to go to Latin America uh, now uh, almost a month ago, uh, early April, mm. uh, which is why I ended up flying. The friend I was meeting there was taking time there between two jobs, says, come, join me. And then started booking the whole thing, and then he had to go some surgery. He's fine, so nothing, but it was like sudden. And he said, can you can you come like two weeks later? And it didn't work. So I couldn't because I had you know, other commitments. But anyway... Point is, I was trying back then with that be a clunky thing to try. Can I, you know, award, uh, reward flight or upgrade um, uh, to have at least premium economy for, because it would have been like a 12, 13 hour flight, whatever. My goodness, it would never work. And the, when it worked and when I called, the, like you said, it's very expensive, the, um, yeah. the, um, the fees on top of. And you're like, do I want to do this? Do I want to spend all those money? Yeah, I, I get it. I get so it. I, I just, and I knew it was the old product, so I just didn't feel worth it. And I and my last few trips across the Atlantic in that direction and in premium economy, I was able to get to get sleep. So it didn't feel worth Good. it. So I, I made the trek out to uh, T8 now. And I, I spoke, was it maybe even in the last episode or a couple of episodes ago? Yeah, you spoke about the various lounges, the new lounge, the new uh, the new BAA lounges, and was it busy this time? <laughs> it was bu- yes, it was busy. Once I found the freaking thing, because <laughs> so when Megan and I went, the Uber dropped us off right by coincidence at the correct door, where it was okay. a straight shot back to the check-in process that I described. Uh, in the in the last time, but this time the guy didn't, and I was just in the middle of of quite a chaotic uh, economy check in area, and I was like, okay, if my memory serves me correctly, it's daytime now. It was dark then. I think it's over there, and I went. And I was like, no, that that's not it. <laughs> and I walk around, and I I say to to a uh, a member, excuse me, I'm really sorry, but can you tell me where the where the first class check in is? Like, oh, it's just. Back around there, by ILD. I'm like, go back ILD. I'm like, I don't see it. We're like the whole John Travolta meme gif. I'm like, look, <laughs> look at it. I did not see it anywhere. And I'm like, I feel so stupid. Like, how can it be this hard? I go back and ask another person at the front of the terminal, like, where do I go? And they pointed me. And it's really not obvious if you're coming at it from any other angle. But I get uh, to this there's like I told you in the last time I described this, there's a there's a, a set of sliding doors that open and reveal these four or five desks, uh, mm-hmm. like hotel concierge desks. Um, this time, all four desks were occupied, and there was a queue of maybe three or four parties ahead of me for each desk. For, no, uh, for, for in total, uh, for in total, uh, two of the of the desks were occupied by people having fights not physical fights but certainly very tense verbal altercations like you you're supposed to let me in uh it was more about baggage fees i think i could tell and then misconnect somebody had arrived late and missed their flight um darn but they very sensibly took them over to the side uh and somebody else um was able to go and i go straight into the to uh my i think i had a I did have a check bag because I'd brought stuff back from the U.S. Were you still gold at that? Point? I was still gold at this point, so I was able. This was my last lounge entry uh, with gold because yeah. it was the very end of March, and so they were they were very kind uh, and put me through. I was I was in premium economy, and I went into the lounge I described before. 
it was much busier and i and one of the things that i notice now is that i think they've messed up the ratio of comfortable seats to restaurant style seats yeah because i didn't want to sit in a restaurant style seat. i was really tired we'd worked our butts off on the episode uh and it was sort of six or seven o'clock at night. I did not want to sit, but there was no space. There was no room anywhere. Lots and lots of, of spaces at the restaurant style seats, but I just, and I thought you've, you've, you messed it up. And as the evening progressed and yeah, it's just, yeah, you're gone because I want to, uh, I just want to talk about seats, but go, go on the lounge. Go yeah. On, I mean, eventually as the, as the evening went on and some of the flights cleared out, the seats freed up and it was, Again, like it was when Megan and I were there, it was a little calmer, a little more serene, a bit more space. Mm-hmm. But it took a, took a while. Yeah, uh, coming back to what I was saying earlier, when when we mentioned the the, the, the new podcast of, of Alexandra, uh, yeah, Sky Lounge. I don't remember if they talk about it, but they talk about lounge. They didn't, by the way, I don't think they're only going to talk about lounge. They're going to talk about the like us a lot of a lot of stuff, but. Seating for me is, I was reminded of that when I went to this new Air France lounge in, was it January, February, I can't remember now, uh, that they built for Europe, it's mostly European flights, um, it's wonderful. And they have all these type of seatings, like, like you said, bar seatings, restaurant seatings, sofas, kind of chairs, but kind of a little bit comfy, like more like, and that balance is, is that was quite interesting. I said, okay, these are short flights, so you, people are not probably going to stay very long yeah. because if you go to for a two-hour flight, you're not going to come five hours, unless you called Paul and Alex, you're not going to go five hours before to try the lounge. However, when it comes to like longer flights, uh, you have these, um, these, these balances is changing. Yeah. For instance, I always have this thing in my head, and that's one thing I'll criticize both uh, Emirates at Dubai and uh, Qatar at Al Murhan in Doha. They're very comfy seats, but if you want to sleep, it's very hard. So maybe they don't want to cannibalize the potential hotel mm. that it's probably owned by the same group. So of course the airport. So, but you're like, yeah, you should. I, I don't. The, the balance is always tough to find. And in sometimes I feel like you. I go and the seats that are only remaining are not comfortable at all. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care about the restaurant because I get okay. That's me. I never eat. Just give me sofas. But of course, if you put sofas, you have left seating. So probably that's the whole. It must be. It's not. The, it, it must. I'm saying all these criticisms mustn't be very easy to strike that good balance economically and as a designer with a space you're allowed to play with. But, yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people uh, were using the restaurant style seating to work, and I can I can absolutely understand that that's a fine position that's to good. be in. Um, yeah. And of course, they do this at the, the table service food as well uh, as the buffet yeah, stuff I described in the last time. Uh, that's where the Air France Lounge, by the way, again, I'm peeping at this one, but they had like proper, I think it was very well thought out because if you wanted to work, you had your own spaces, multiple spaces. Yeah. That, because you, when, you're, when you're on a sofa, you're kind of too... Lean back, really yes, work. uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, so they had, they, they, they found probably a good balance. And it also felt very, very busy simply because tons of flights. I'm not saying it's, 
if it's a perfect balance, but it's a good balance. And I think that's, yeah, basically it's a fight because then you want to have a comfy seat, but the guy who wanted the comfy seat wanted to eat, but the guy who wanted to eat, there's someone else working with a laptop and then <laughs> musical chairs. They should play the music in loungers, like in every five minutes, everybody's going to move <laughs> yeah, around. You have to get up and get somebody else your seat. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it it it. it I, I maintain that it's a it's a good lounge, yes. uh, and I was, you know, comfortable eventually, and the food was 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 good. I wasn't really um, particularly hungry, and didn't want to eat on the flight either. So, but yeah, no, it was it it's, it is a good lounge, and then. Uh, once I wandered out, it's a very stark contrast leaving that lounge and going out into the terminal because much of T8 is still pretty like low ceilinged, shabby. And we were at the very end, and I, I can't remember the gate number, but there's this, at the end of one of the piers, there's a section with two or three gates and it was very, very crowded with wide body departures and low ceiling, fluorescent lit, not everybody was a bit cranky because our flight was surprise, surprise delayed. Ah. And I'll tell you why it was delayed. It was the weirdest goddamn thing. I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it. I, I was looking on flight radar and watching my, my looking at my watch and I could see only oh, the plane left London a little bit late. Cause I got a, a notification from BA, but it made up pretty much all of the time on route and landed touched down on time and then sat, just sat on a taxiway for an hour. Is that the Greg situation with the, the overflow? I don't, I, but they weren't even at the gate. And oh. I was trying to listen to liveatc.net and trying to fig, like listen. But there was no like mention of it because by the time I'd clocked that something wasn't right, they would have already talked about the issue and, yeah. and it was just... So we just sat there and I was like, what? Is, now we really are going to be late. I just sat there and sat there and sat there. And it and it did this weird taxi around. I don't know what the issue was. I've never been able to ascertain. Eventually it taxied. And then I told you about this as we're all waiting, standing in this very crowded area. The captain of our flight came out to the gate area and sort of like literally kind of dog whistled to get everybody's attention because there was no working PA and gave this kind of schoolmastery lecture lecture where he he said literally when you board don't faff around S put your stuff away and sit down and buckle up otherwise we're going to miss our slot and then said keep your seatbelts fastened while we're in the air uh, and then there was like this weird smattering of uncomfortable applause and he got back on the plane and we boarded. And I guess people listened to him because that's what happened. I was like, but what What the hell is... It's the weirdest... <laughs> weirdest oh. thing I'd ever seen. I... The, it wasn't rude. It was just sort of weird and uncomfortable vibe to come... It literally said, don't faff around. You know, I tell my kids <laughs> when they're getting ready for school, don't faff around. Oh, it was so strange, but you know, born it's an older, very old actually for BA triple seven two hundred, and I'm in premium economy. I have the road to myself, which was glorious because all I wanted to do was to sleep. And the very sweet young flight attendant, cabin crew member, said, "You know, what can I get you after takeoff?" And I said, "I don't want to. I just want to sleep." She's like, "Sure, so can I bring you a tray? Can I bring you anything?" 
like genuinely like, are you sure I can't get you anything? I'm like, no, I, I just, as soon as you turn off those lights, I'm going to go to sleep. And she's like, okay, but if you change your mind, press that button, I'll bring you whatever you need. And I was like, do you know what airline you work for? <laughs> <laughs> so as soon, like, as soon as we push back and we're, we've turned, yeah. we've done the beautiful circuit and seen New York yeah. at night, That's I put amazing. my, my uh, earplugs into my eye mask and I go to sleep. And halfway, I, I could see on turbulence forecast this finger of clear air turbulence that went from north to south. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a jet stream, really weirdly thin because usually there are these hundred mile long width of, of turbulence yes. advisories, advisories yeah. because yeah. It's, it's not an exact science. And we, f- oh boy, did we hit that! Uh, we hit it. Did that wake you oh, up? Oh, it it hit it. Yeah, it woke me up. It was easily the worst uh, turbulence I've experienced in over a decade. The captain came on and said, cabin crew seats immediately. They all stop what they're doing, rush, punch into their their seats. And we were all over the place. Engines were surging. I mean, you know, people, most people were asleep and it wasn't like, um, but there were quite a few people screaming, a lot of shit flying everywhere. Oh, wow. Um, But it, it didn't last very long. Maybe... 20 minutes uh yeah but sometimes tw- these 20 minutes feel 20 longer, minutes yeah and, and it's tiring you if just, you're uncomfortable in these kind of situations yeah i'm generally fine i'm no hero whatever but uh, thank god i'm generally fine but if you are not it's, and you look at the window and you can see like i get uncomfortable when it's dark and you're in cloud yeah. um but i looked out the window it was beautiful clear night you could see other planes around you could see glorious fields of stars and we were bouncing around and I thought, yeah, I know what's yeah. causing this. We're crossing this very strong jet stream. Yeah. It's very narrow to be over in a minute. Sure enough, it was. There was a, I don't have it, probably somewhere in my, I have bookmarks of stuff to talk about and stuff dating back from like six years ago. So at some point I'm gonna, <laughs> I need to just declare bankruptcy of my notes. But um, there's, I read, I think a few, like five months ago, whatever, I read something about the effects of climate change on the jet stream and how more turbulent the skies are already over the Atlantic and will continue to be and worsening. I'm not here going to say there's going to be tornadoes in every time you fly, but apparently in the rest of our lifetimes, we should expect a bit more of yeah. um, these kind of turbulences coming. I'm not saying that's what you hit. That no, no, I think that always that's... Happened, but they say that it's going to be getting a bit yeah. uh, worse over time. I remember when yeah. I used to to blog many moons ago, I wrote about an article that's, this was like 10 years ago, that was saying that the Atlantic will get increasingly and perpetually more turbulent because of exactly turbulent. what you've described. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting looking at the new generation of airplanes that are actually noticeably better at dampening turbulence because of... Um, the way that the flight control systems work and the way that the software, especially on the Dreamliner, you watch the ailerons twitch constantly. Yeah, in turbulence. yeah, yeah. They compensate. Amazing. Like it's, yeah, it's a piano. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's really, really, really beautiful. And I think that... But the same, I, I've had a, uh, when was it? Was this year? Or maybe late last year? I had like a similar experience in the turbulence, probably not as as, 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 as tough as yours. And I was in a 350 and same, you could see that these things moving yeah. and it's clearly not the pilot because you know, it's no. like, a, he's a, 
like automatically trying to compensate. He's like, it's it's magic. I've seen um, people post on uh, on YouTube and Instagram pilots showing the yoke just twitching. You know, I, they're not touching it. The the, the thing Basically, is just, it just, is just, is just yeah. twitching, and I think I, I I think it's amazing. I do feel very reassured on the triple seven two hundred. That thing is a tank. And it feels robust and and and, yeah. and and reassuring, and the engines are you know they're they're uh, surging and 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 uh, you know to to maintain as consistent a feel as they can for the passengers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And clear air turbulence feels like going over rough water in a boat, so it is uncomfortable and violent. But there's patterns, right? It, it, it yeah. you feel. Unlike turbulence, you feel around thunderstorms, which is mm -hmm. unpredictable and surgy yes. and violent, and, yes. and there's a lot more torsion. Surgy, uh, that's exactly the term. I'm always like, what? Like I'm on a, uh, what's the name? Uh, you know, an attraction. Yeah, party, yeah. Right? Oh! yeah, you're not expecting it. It's much more violent yeah. and, and, and well, punchy, yeah. and, and even the sound's different. But, but clear air turbulence, there's something uh, more symmetrical about it in the way that it, in yeah. the way that it feels even though it's not very uncomfortable so you know it, i went straight back to sleep and again at top of descent you know I'm, I'm waking up this the the same flight attendant clocks that i'm waking up dashes over to me and she said you slept through breakfast what can i bring you is there can i bring you a tray a pastry anything i'm like who are you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> And she brought me a cup of coffee, but she was so oh. attentive and 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 kind and genuine. And I've experienced that on Cathay a few times where I've slept through meal service and they've noticed that I've woken up. They're like, "What? What do you need? You, you need to eat. You must eat. You know, you're dangerously thin." I'm like, "I'm not. I'm morbidly obese." Yeah, but these these are uh, these are uh, Cathay Singapore. They're like your you know your grandma or your aunt. Yeah, from, yeah. Like they're chasing you. I have some more milk. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. Come on, was, you, you're not going to grow. Yeah, yeah, I'm it, already an adult. I, no, no, no. no. <laughs> maybe it's Gatwick Crew. And then, of course, I start thinking about, is this Gatwick Crew? Is that that whole difference between the big, the two cabin crew bodies? I thought they had. And I, and I, I, needed, I need to go back and understand how the cabin crews, because do you remember in the, te in the 20 teens, there was two big flight attendant unions in BA. Correct. And yes. the experience that you got was yeah, there were pretty different, different, different contracts. And there was like, yeah, exactly. And I couldn't remember how that all netted out. And especially everything exploded. Exploded. It's not the right no, term. Everything kind of got like, you know, mixed up since, since uh, they laid off yeah, people, yeah. new contracts, new conditions. But yeah, I mean, there's always bright spots. And here I'm not saying that BA is not a bright spot, but I mean, there's always like one or two or three, sometimes an entire crew that are just above. Yeah. I didn't interact usual. with any of the other, other crew because I was yes, asleep so for 99% of the flight. But I, if I had been thinking, I would have given her my last golden ticket, which is yes, we get as, as a gold card, which I, I could yes. probably figure out and a way to get it to her. But just like saying, just keep doing what you're doing because you are... Good. You're you're good and you're better than everybody else you work with, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> and there was no acknowledgement of my status. I don't think I don't even think she knew. I don't think it was anything to do with that. It was just, well, this is nice. my job. Nice. Yeah. Yes. And then arriving at Gatwick is 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 easy. Quick taxi times off the plane. 
my bag was off very quickly and I was home. So it was a it was a positive minimalist yeah. British Airways experience. <laughs> Happens. It does. <laughs> it does. No, honestly, I it's the uh, uh um uh, one of our listeners I mentioned quite a lot, mileage at mileage runner, uh Steve Tao. I don't have the notes in front of me from him, but he had said he when we released our previous episode, even the one before, when you mentioned actually New York and JFK T8, which looking at the time might be actually the title of this episode, JFK yep. T8, uh, he said he was looking for, he was thanking you for, for the review and was looking forward to try these new lounges and being so happy that he didn't have to do the transit between T7 and yeah. T8, which was always a nightmare at, at JFK with like no staff and only one security line. But he added... Uh, that most of his recent BA experiences had been excellent. See, so maybe it's just a roll of the dice and you get, but he was he was happy with them. And he's flown, you know, if you just look him up, he's flown like great airlines around the world. So it's not like, you know, his standards are pretty high. So uh, I'm not here saying it's a trend. I'm saying I like hope, I every hope, airline you have very bright spots. I hope it, it, they turn the corner. Look, I I didn't tell you when I saw you because I wanted to have your um, your reaction for posterity on this podcast. I'm a bit, um, how do you say that? I'm a bit uncomfortable now to criticize BA because, and I'm sorry, Alex, because I don't understand why they did that to you. Although I didn't have the right amount of points, they renewed me for gold another year. You know what? They renewed Megan for bronze for another year. What the hell did I... They listen to this and go, I, that son of a bitch, he does not stop talking trash about us. So blacklisted. <laughs> That's great, it's, though. I, first of all, I, was, I went on my account and like... So I get, you know, the email. Oh, we're very glad to thank you for your custom. Which, by the way, most of the points of my... So my year actually ends right now, April to April. Most of the flights were with Qatar Airways. Good, good for me. <laughs> so I've gained the points on Avios with that. But... I looked at the numbers and I was like, you know, during COVID, there was all these different new thresholds. And there was a threshold mm -hmm. in 2020, they changed 2021, and then they changed the last one is basically in, I think it was, and this is what I said uh, late last year. And we said, I'm not going to be able to renew because I knew counting, I'm like, they're going back to their normal yeah. threshold systems in, in January, so this January. And I was like, no way, because even if I were to like, do a mileage run, I was I would not hit that one I remember. Does it, the point doesn't matter. Most people don't care anyway. I was not that far, but I was not that close either. So basically, if they had kept the very low standards of 2020, yeah, I would have hit yeah. the threshold, but not the ones from 2022, nor obviously the ones from this year. And I went on Twitter and I looked at it. Is there anyone talking about this in flight tracking? There's a few people. So they've done this, clearly. They've, I'm not, uh, neither a mistake, like a IT error, <laughs> but also, or maybe I am, or maybe we all are, but probably close enough that, and I don't know, maybe they said, okay, this guy has been old for X amount of years continuously and, and has all this. I don't know what it, or maybe it's a minimum amount of, you know, they have all these, these lifetime miles mm -hmm. thing. Maybe they, I don't know. It's it's a very it's a bit sad first because I'm like I can I not give that to Alex because he's actually going to enjoy it this year way more than I do because I'm not going to fly that 
much long haul uh, a few times and I'm like, shit, I feel almost guilty because I'm like, uh, now I feel that this other added pressure, can I renew next year? No freaking way, I'm not no. going to be. So I'm like, it feels, BA, loyalty, head of loyalty, Upgrade my friend Alex well, think, cause, to gold because he's use, you're using it way more than I. When do. I when Megan told me that, uh, I was really intrigued, and I went back and I looked because um, I'd also seen on Flyer Talk a couple of people mentioned that, and I think I didn't get it for for many reasons, but one of them is that when they did the double extension of gold yeah. during COVID, I had yeah. like maxed out both extension like i was the person that benefited the most almost to the day like if you look if you timelined it out i was like, this guy got the most benefit and got the most extensions i agree however you flew them during the pandemic i did and i didn't i haven't flown ba long haul basically since 2019 maybe that's why maybe that's why maybe they're looking at people like me going this dude is gonna fly us no matter what yeah and then people like you who go he used to fly us and now he doesn't fly us nearly as much i was reading something i was reading something uh i think it was concurrent when uh iag released their numbers whatever i think they were expecting to lose as much as 35 percent of loyal loyal customer i think People that were, I'm, I'm talking status, mm. I'm not saying losing as people leaving and flying, trying other stuff, although that could happen. Uh, but 30, that's a lot. That's and a lot. you're like, okay, there's people, maybe they haven't flown, or maybe company, whatever. But I would, if I were them, and maybe they're not, I'm not here saying they're not smart enough. Maybe they don't have the right IT system to go granular and say, okay, people like an Alex, because I would, have, I would renew you because like you made the effort to fly with us even though no one was flying and then you keep making the effort to fly with us which, since. which makes me think it was what i said which is yeah i know if he's flying during covid he's gonna fly with us anyway i agree but however it's counter i, I agree with what you're saying but it's bad for loyalty yeah. because I, at the end of the day i accrued most of my 2022 so my my current my previous sorry year on Qatar Airways, yes, they have an agreement, but I haven't flown BA Metal. Yeah. I've done what two short haul. You know, and I'm not here. I'm very happy they renewed me, though. Again, I feel like I'm not going to be really able to use it because I'm not planning to fly a lot of long haul in this year for various reasons. But yeah, anyway, so thank you, BA. Yeah. So now I'm having a hard time wanting to criticize you because you know, <laughs> maybe they heard the I will, podcast. I will like, double okay. down on my criticism there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the the, the red li uh, lightsaber and the blue lightsaber yeah. is going to be us um a uh, few well, we have like 10 15 minutes so we're gonna so we're gonna do your next trip in the next podcast in a couple of weeks yeah yeah it's a very cool one i'm still expecting the result on attache uh but i'm very because i have lots of questions about that one. Oh, okay so literally really a lot of questions about the trip uh, about uh, being there, but also, so guys, I'm not going to say where he's been uh, because maybe he wants to make the surprise for Attaché. Um, so a few more things. Yeah, Delta, since we talked about uh, going over the Atlantic like you did, uh, Delta is coming back to Gatwick after uh, 15 years. 15? Yeah, they hadn't been to Gatwick for 15 years, so they're coming back. And at Taylor Seiko on, was it Twitter? Uh, told me, Paul, that's your escape from Ethro. Oh, yeah, that's true. Is, it, is that a JFK flight? I haven't checked. Probably JFK, I would say. Well, so they've, the most profitable. they've seen um, 
JetBlue. <laughs> yeah. And probably also the, the lending fees at Gatwick are... are I wonder are if it's something expensive. to do with Virgin, if there's a, if there's a slot swap there or something. Um, maybe. Maybe as well. You're right, actually. And or simply because Gatwick is actually working. Yeah. Um, uh, I said, we mentioned Amsterdam. I just, how I said clusterfuck and it's on purpose. Uh, uh, the story is insane. So they're still having the chaos. I mean, we have some, but not what it was last summer. Chaos is still kind of raining. So they still have a flight cap. They wanted to extend a flight cap to 2024, September 2024. So we're talking another more than a, a year. Uh, and then they announced they want to ban night flights and private jets. It's more for the eco-friendly part of their... And they're abandoning, abandoning plan for a new runway, which probably they would have built in Belgium at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they're so far and wide away. Uh, but they had like airlines suing them. Like I think five or six airlines have sued Amsterdam. And currently the judge, I think, said, okay, this struck down the cap and the ban of night flights because of a procedural thing, but because of procedure. Anyway, it just seems, I don't know what's going on there. No. I, I, I I, don't know. Guys, if you fly from Amsterdam because you live there, or if you fly through, tell us what's your experience been lately, because I haven't been. No, neither have I. I used to go a lot, but I haven't been in ages. Yeah, same. Uh, it's, it seems like a, uh, JetBlue uh, wanted to buy uh, Spirit. Spirit, but apparently they're being blocked by the uh, Justice Department, I think for, you know, I guess antitrust to say it is going to be, um, I, I guess the advantage of them buying Spirit is that they would actually be able to kind of maybe move the needle against uh, the four dominant carriers. So, you know, which one? This sounds again, er but, vaguely familiar. Um, and I, yeah. it's, I think it's just going to be a, procedural thing i think that i think it'll happen eventually yeah uh, they i think the justice department that they might be too they will reduce the amount of low cost availability for the public yeah. if JetBlue buys spirit i don't i know anyway um what else did i want to yes something that i'm going to ask you that one of our listeners has asked us since we're in the u.s matthew ct at matt five six seven eight that was a long time ago uh is moving uh, from the UK to Orange County in the US. Mm. He has silver BA status, uh, and he's going to be going to SFO, DFW, Miami, and AAD frequently. What airline do I give my loyalty to? American, Delta, United, Alaska. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Not Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be American or United on those routes. Yeah, I don't, because if you want to... Anyone on you? Yeah, be, I would be interested to know. And so at us, if you're on Twitter, at lay underscore overs, and also at Matt5678. Maybe by, because it's been a quite a long time he's been asking this, this uh, maybe uh, now he's, he's, make, he's made a choice, but I wouldn't know if I, what I would do if I were to move to the US. Of course, I would look at the hub, uh, but I don't know. What I, I think would. I would, yeah, I don't know, actually. Could just keep BA silver status and do fly American a lot, but I would do American, I think. Yeah, I yeah maybe. The price of flights, uh, you mentioned that at the very top of the show, I was looking for some numbers and I found they say, so US going from the UK, going from Europe to the US in economy is 40% more expensive than it was in 2019. <laughs> wow. U.S. domestic overall is 25% more expensive than 2019. 
Uh, on average, in Europe, it's 20% higher in 2019. And so, so that beats inflation, by the way, guys. People are going to say, oh. But the craziest one uh, is if you fly, I think, f to Asia, it's more than 50% higher oh, than I've, I've seen. It's crazy, man. Why? Why is this? I, I don't know. I think probably capacity and they opened late, more late and everybody. We talked about this when we met uh, the other week. Everybody wants to fly at the same time as mm. well. Like Japan right now is crazy. I, it's not, it's funny because a lot of friends of mine who live there tell me, oh, there's so many people. But actually, if you look at the numbers, there's less people on 2019, for instance. So it's still not there. However, of course, if you've lived in a country that had no tourists for three years, suddenly any amount will feel like a lot of people. But it's just, I think a lot of people are just, there's a backlog. A lot of people do like these one in a, not once in a lifetime, but that's the point. Uh, once every two, three years, a big trip. Yeah. Let's say Japan could be it or going to the US or going to, I don't know, whichever, Australia, right? But the thing is, suddenly for three years, no one, two years at least, no one has been able to do that. And then I think everybody wants to do them at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing, what's happening. And he feels that he pushes the prices up and there was understaffing and and I don't know. The, um, you know, what's his name? Fernandez from Air Asia, you know, the, the founder of Air Asia, which. Yeah, yeah. Quite the smart guy. He says that these uh, airfares are. Um, not higher than expected, but what should have been the prices all along because it was too much a cutthroat business. Like we're doing pricing that- It's not sustainable. The airline industry was doing pricing that made no sense. And for him, this price is now here to stay. That's his take. Yeah. I'm not sure, of course. I'm just saying because- That's kind of disappointing, but I can understand. I think there will be some more competition. I think we can still look at some point during 2024, we'll have better pricing for Asia, for instance. That's yeah, for I sure. mean, I think a lot of that depends on Russia uh, being able to fly, yeah, as fly well. Russia because yeah. that's adding 20% to flight times. It's, uh, I still don't know if I'm going to go to Japan this year because I don't know. Because of the pricing and even the availability on reward flights, I don't know if you ever try on BA, there's- Basically yeah. nothing until it reopens basically in January 2024. Because there, and there's so many people. And I get it. But yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, when you can't go somewhere, yeah. then you suddenly can. You just want to go immediately. Yeah. And the load, that's the thing is that the prices are higher, but the load factors are not like, still comparable. This We're still not at 2019. It feels like everybody and their grandmother is yeah. flying, but it's still... I, all my friends are, you know, going all over the place. It feels like we're 2019. Yeah. However, if you look at the numbers IATA provides, we're still not there. I think the there's a few bright spots, a few countries. I think um, Greece, and I'm not saying that because I'm Greek as well. Uh, Greece is tracking 120 percent. Wow! So it's 20. It's above what it was in 2019. There's a lot of, but again, lots of people maybe want to escape, uh, especially with this winter. We've it's dragging along here. Uh, so, and you know what is a good sign that uh, things are going back to normal? Um, Eva Air is reintroducing the Hello Kitty airplane. Yes, finally. And, <laughs> and ANA is committing to keep flying the Star Wars. I think they renewed the contract or something, Star Wars plane. So, I'm so happy I got to fly on one of those. <laughs> I, uh, oh, yeah, I haven't actually, bastard. <laughs> You're very, very lucky. Uh, Japan, have you seen the price? I know it's not exactly aviation-related. The price of the, since we're talking about increased prices, the price of the GR rail. Yes. 77% yeah. higher in one go. So basically, it's doubling the price of your, um, for those who don't know, you can buy 
as a someone as a tourist basically you can buy a, a pass that allows you to use a lot of the japan rail system across japan for a set fixed price and uh it's doubling yeah although our friend shin did point out that uh the new pass will give you access to many more shinkansen services which are yeah the nozomi yeah. the one that you were not so i never use the shin the sorry i never use the gr pass i would always pay myself i know i feel some ball right <laughs> now but because i wanted to use a nozomi because it's much faster to kyoto and, and go on and uh point is because uh, let's not drag on on this point is a lot of people are saying oh they're they're trying to shut us down why are they killing tourism I've looked into it because I was curious. The prices of that JR uh, rail pass haven't increased since 1981. Yeah. Besides tax fees. I'm like, come on. At some it point, represents very good value. Yeah, still, I, th I still think so. Yeah, I, I still uh, think so. And um, the Saint S85 Martin Hammer, uh, he was listening to us the last episode whilst he was on a long layover at Narita. And uh, he says, and he's right, that we every episode we talk about Japan. So here you go, Martin. Uh, there's a, We're talking once <laughs> more about Japan. Uh, but, and he, would, he was happy that we were talking about Japan whilst he was there. However, Martin, a long layover on... Where were you? you were you going to Japan or were you going, probably going from, to Asia or something? Yeah. To, uh, from the US? Mm. Is, why would you do a long layover in Narita? That doesn't really happen. <laughs> Have you done a long layover? I've never been Narita? to Narita. Well, once I've been to Narita, but... It was for a long layover, actually. I was going from I oh, was yeah, going from Asia to the U.S. There you go. That's usually the case. So, Martin, maybe that's what uh, you were um, doing. Uh, look, do I have anything else before we move? Yeah, no. There was something that I wanted to be. Now I'm looking at my notes, guys. I'm sorry. This is raw and live. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think we're gonna close on that happy note. Let's do another one maybe in a couple of weeks. So you you have two other trips you want to explain us. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us about. There's might be travels in May. I know you hinted at one. I'm not going to talk about it because again. The, 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 the thing is, when the guys, when these are travels that he wants to do for our attaché, I always am unsure if he wants to kind of tell it in advance because oh, then it doesn't matter. why would you? Yeah, I know, but it's still kind of I... nice to have the surprise. <laughs> So, um, same for me. I don't know. I might be going to Greece. Uh, might be going to Switzerland. Might be going to France, actually. So, I don't know yet. Uh, I'm quite happy being home these days. Yeah, me too. I have quite a, lots of flights coming in the second part of the year. Like four weddings. I don't have the funeral right yet. Thank <laughs> God. Oh, good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I'm quite happy not to be flying, but probably next month. On that, Alex, anything else you wanted to add before? Uh, no, no, no. Thanks for letting me waffle on. No, that was great. Go I'm so happy. Uh, let me put, where is it? Every time I say, where is it? Because Man, you, you need to get that cough looked at. You're coughing no, it's, every it's, uh, You haven't. It's frustrating. Are you still having that? No, you, you're out of that cold you were having. Yeah, this is just the, the remnants. Yeah. I mean, actually, I was uh, sniffing this morning. Now, I was not sniffing coke. Guy was sniffing my own nose because I was. I went running and it was it's still cold, and I can't freaking yeah, believe yeah. it. So that's the only reason I'm like. Sometimes I see pictures of friends that are like in places like I don't know Okinawa or Southeast Asia. I'm like, I should just go now, enjoy some actual yep. good weather, right? Why? Anyway, are you not? 
Any summary destinations? No, nothing on the horizon. What? Nothing on the horizon. Oh, well. Guys, why, why are you listening to us? Yeah, I don't I know. know. We're not interested. <laughs> in, we're not interesting anymore. Bye-bye. Safe travels, guys. Happy flying.